So hi, everyone. Um, right, let me just go into all of the groups. Uh, so I've got them here. Uh, da, 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 da. Matt, how are you? Good, good. I think I think challenged is probably a good word at the moment. I think for fair to say for most people, isn't it? <laughs> I think it absolutely is. Is anyone else challenged? Amazonly challenged. I think that Amazonly should be like that's a... a great description. Amazonly challenged. I don't is anyone I'd be, I'd be amazed if anybody in the community has not been affected in some way, shape or form by by all this because it's just so much in such a short space of time of stuff that's happened with Amazon. You know, normally this sort of thing would happen over the space of a year, but now it's just one thing after another at the moment. Oh, definitely. So, hi, David. Hi, Julian. Hi, Jay. Hi, Chris. Uh, Cindy's with us as well. Marta, Rom, Jade, loads of you. Hi, hi, hi. Yeah, like I said, at the moment, I think it really just is a case of, um, you know, Amazon being quite challenging my name is cindy and i'm amazonly challenged yeah absolutely that's what it feels like a bit at the moment <laughs> so yeah keep keep saying you know keep commenting just keep saying hello if someone could do maybe an at matt do you want to do like an at everybody just to let everyone know that we're like actually do you know what? i think i can do it i think i can do it or i'll let you do it because i'm i'm obviously okay. the one talking hey rachel um welcome so, yeah, I mean, obviously what's going to dominate um, probably the conversation a little bit today is some of what we've experienced. Um, but there's a few things that I want to, it's like Chinese whispers, like everything. I want to talk quite openly and quite candidly, as I did through my previous suspension, um, about what we've learned so far not going to make it all about that because obviously it's something that is US based. So um, it's not going to be something that anyone who just sells in the UK or anywhere else is probably going to have too much of issue with. But obviously there is going to be an element if it does come over here, there's definitely some things that had we have known what we know now, it would have made the process just that slight bit easier. <laughs> excuse me and <laughs> yeah excuse me no choked being amazonly challenged that's that's what the issue is and um but not only that but just a little bit of clarification i'm seeing quite a bit of misinformation about what descriptions are with section threes and what we're going through versus what are other things uh, I just think there's a little bit of project fear going on in terms of uh, oh my god I'm going to get the same and I'm going to get that I'm going to get a section three um, and linking that phrase to, to something that it doesn't relate or refer to so I just want to go through and clarify that but also like I said I just want to go through and let you know what specifically we're experiencing and what is needed to potentially um, get out of it, because this is a brand new type of, um, I'm going to call it a verification uh, at the moment, because it's not a deactivation. It could result in a deactivation. We are, it's an unusual one we're still able to sell. Um, so it's a bit like teasing at the moment. So we're having amazing sales days, but it's like knowing that you're, it's like someone baking a cake in your house and you can smell it and, you know, you can see it, but you can't eat it. So that's exactly what selling on Amazon in the US 
like for us is at the moment. We can see the sales, but we know that money is not going into our pocket. So it's yeah. just a case of... At least you're still selling, right? So at least Absolutely. you've... I know, I know you've not got the money. Again, silver lining, you are still making the sales. So there's still yeah. going to be money there coming in. And there was a very strategic decision we made um, with um, why we've decided to continue to sell and do a few other things, which which I talked about in my post that I made at the time anyway as well, because I know previously when some people's funds have been withheld, then, um, you know, they've kind of pulled back the selling and they're going to wait to, you know, wait for the money to go through and hold their margins and, and everything like that. Whereas, you know, it's, it's been a chromy fire sale, uh, essentially, but, the, but for a very specific reason. And if it wasn't for these reasons, maybe it wouldn't have been, you know, because I will come back to what I think is my defining phrase, which is everything is resolvable on Amazon for the relentless. We will get the funds unfrozen. If it does end in the deactivation, we will get the account recovered. You know, it, it's one of those things. It is a temporary solution. There is nothing permanent about this solution, uh, sorry, situation um, whatsoever. It's temporary. Now, how long that temporary is, that's that's a different, you know, different answer, different ball game. So from our point of view, it really is a case about keep calm and carry on. And that's got to be the overriding uh, decision. And the reason, again, I feel like a broken record at the moment. The reason we can kind, kind of can keep calm and carry on is because we have certain levels of protection in place. Now, this one is slightly different because obviously it's a full income stream. Um, and having the funds withheld from this one couldn't have happened, you know, this is me being transparent, at a worse time of year. Because what had happened was over the last six weeks, uh, a lot of cash flow, you know, instant cash cash flow, not talking about leverage or credit, had gone in to this particular model. So, you know, we have a lot of money held up in this particular um, income stream at the moment because it's the one that we, you know, I've discussed this. It's the one that has our highest level of profit. So when it comes to this time of year, you kind of look at things and you say, right, where am I best putting my funds? Where am I where am I going to see the best return? And it was that one. So, you know, and I was saying this to someone earlier at this situation, we're real stuck between a rock and a hard place. I, I don't mind saying because the money that we're talking about is not just the loss of the income stream, as bad as that would be, because we don't know how long that's going to stop for. But it's also the capital invested as well. So, you know, it's a double whammy, essentially. So it's not something that you can just sort of write off and say there we go because we're talking into six figures so it's not enough but at the same time for us it's it is a rock and a hard place because being perfectly candid it's not enough money that will ruin us but at the same time it's not a small amount that we can write off yeah. so you're in that really squeaky bum awkward time you know it's that really horrible, you know, amount that is like, oh, ugh. 
So that that's what it's feeling like a little bit at the moment, being totally transparent. And one thing I want to say is I'm always kind of commended about being quite positive about things. And I want to share this with everyone because uh, I don't want you to think that, oh, Natalie, happy clappy, you know, this. There have been times, um, a couple of times over the last week since we got this, for the first time ever, and I can honestly say that, whether I, I questioned whether it was worth it, which has never happened to me. That's never, ever happened to me. And I don't want to be in a position where I'm like lying about it and say that that didn't happen. This is the first time I genuinely thought, oh, is it worth it? You know, shall, shall we you know, shut up shop, should we quit? Should we do this? And I think that's quite natural. And at the time I was a bit, you know, I was, should I say that, you know, publicly or not? Because, you know, I'm kind of known for being quite upbeat and, you know, keep calm and carry on kind of thing. But I think that it's, um, it would be so disingenuous for me not to say that, that I wouldn't, you know, I'd rather have the blowback of, of like, oh, you said you were going to quit or do this or do that. But I'll tell you what, what has kept me going, um, essentially, is one, knowing, and like I said, when it first hits and how you feel on the first day to how you feel five days later is totally different anyway as well. So this is why I always encourage people, my first bit of advice, never take immediate action. Because how you feel on day one versus how you feel on day three are, you're like in a very different place to that point so you know don't let emotion drive those those decisions uh essentially i would never um that's that comes from experience um and so that's that's the first bit of advice and i've seen so many people react and send in their documentation and be like get rejected straight away because yeah. they've haven't read through it or they've misunderstood it as well so the other thing i'll say is take your time even though we're on a time limit is to take your time and making sure that because so much more has come out of the woodwork between you know thursday or whenever this happened to now as well that i think we're still uh, we literally are submitting the, the information still hasn't been submitted because we have so much of it, which I'll come on to in, in, an, in another moment anyway. Um, but with, with all of that information, you've got to make sure it's right on Amazon. It's not worth taking the chance and submitting the wrong information. So, you know, that's definitely uh, another aspect as well. So from that point of view, you know, that's, that's, that's my kind of first tip. But I did kind of get over myself a little bit because I sort of thought to myself, not only have we experienced, you know, a very good level of success, Amazon's been good to us over the years. Uh, you know, that, that is how I kind of looked at it. It has overall on balance been good to us. And I think that particularly I don't know if it's natural or you guys know that we've got an issue or something like that but I'm seeing so many success stories at the moment from people in the hive people reaching out to me and sort of saying um you know nice messages uh, but not only that people sharing their success we're seeing it in the hive so much at the moment anyway but I sort of think do you know even if I did shut up shop and I still can't step away from Amazon 
because everything what we do brings success to so many other people anyway as well. So I just told myself to shut up, basically. Stop whinging and get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I totally agree. I totally agree. And I think one thing to put in perspective, I think we're in the Amazon world, we think that Amazon is the be all and end all of life. And this, you know, you've got to think about the wider business picture here. You know, there's so many companies involved in dealing with Amazon, there's so much other business that goes on. Like I think I think people think that Amazon is like all of e-commerce or all of sales. 80% of sales tr still occur offline. They don't occur on the internet. Only 20% of sales occur on the internet. I think Amazon accounts for like 30, 40% of those. But you know, so it's actually a very small proportion of the overall market. And I think I think it's sometimes you you get so wrapped up in the Amazon world, you forget to put a bit of perspective in. And yeah. thing, things can go. I said to you, didn't I, when this happened, I said, no matter what business you're in, things will go wrong. You know, I said to you, I think oh, you yeah. said, if you if you have a, if you run a nursery and a child has an accident, you know, that could shut you down, or you run a gym and somebody gets hurt. You know, there's so many businesses that things can go wrong in. So I think you just got to just sort of put this into perspective a little bit. You know, it's not all the be all and end all. And I understand that Amazon is doing. I don't know why Amazon does these things, and I think Amazon does them in a terrible way, like a really yeah. terrible way. But there's there's more moving parts to Amazon than just what you see as a seller. Yeah, definitely. And you know, there are parts of me. It's part of my personality. Uh, I feel better about it, obviously, once the the funds have been unfrozen. But um, definitely from my point of view, I kind of like the challenge in a sick kind of way as well. You know, I'm, I am one of those weirdos that I, you know, I do believe that the reason we have such a diverse knowledge of selling on Amazon is because you have to experience these things as well. So, you know, how can I offer advice to people or teach people at a certain level if, um, you know, you haven't had these experience going, you know, experience um, of going it. So, you know, I'd never had a suspension before six months ago. We've had that, got that under the belt and um you know never had never gone through this before either so it is experience gathering it's as simple as that so let me come on and tell you uh what the main issue is uh, but i just wanted to share those thoughts to say it is natural you know at the end of the day and yes i'm very much keeping calm and carrying on but you know i i did have those feelings of like oh jesus christ you know um it was that that is so it is i've been through it you know yeah, you get I, don't want email. To think that i'm like yeah i'm like superwoman or something and i don't have those i no. do a hundred percent yeah and i think anyone that doesn't you know clearly doesn't if you didn't if you didn't have that emotion you clearly don't care about it and you're therefore not running a good business like when i when i did it i when we got our suspension i mean i totally dealt with it the wrong way came through quite late at night it came through about nine o'clock at night and i was sat in the warehouse at three in the morning trying to write an appeal and i was like saying like this is this isn't good this is going to be a rubbish you know, rubbish appeal but well, you do you panic and you think the yeah. world's falling in and and then you and you sleep on it and you reflect and you think actually no this is this is something this solvable it's, mm -hmm. it's impactful but it's solvable and, and i need to put you know do my best possible appeal and not just rush it which i think what the biggest mistake people make isn't it they panic they submit half complete appeals that don't get the structure right. They don't sort of submit all the information and they get rejected. And then it makes it even worse because then you're thinking, I'm never going to get this account back. I've already been rejected once. So yeah, yeah biggest yeah. piece of advice, as you said, is to stop 
just stop and don't do anything for 24 hours. And just cry for 24 hours. Yeah, and then... in the corner and then crack on with it, yeah. Exactly. Uh, thanks, Mark. Really appreciate that. Like I said, it's it's part of my makeup. You know, I I didn't want to not be truthful about, I, you know, it's in the US. Most people never would have found out or anything like that. But it is as more and more people, especially, you know, from the UK are venturing into the US. Um, it's definitely something people are going to come across. And and I do believe one of my biggest, biggest, um, you know, tasks in life or whatever, especially at this moment in time, is to take a lot of fear out of Amazon for people and, you know, and communicate what's happening. So if it does happen to you, which let's face it, to be perfectly honest, the chances are the longer you do this, the more chance you've got of exposure of this type of thing that it takes the edge off of it i was never going to take away the upset the devastation but it might take the edge off of it for poor, for people or you know knowing that we've been through it and got out of it you know it all got through it that that's half the battle because at this moment in time um we're at the very early stage of the the only thing i'm annoyed about is that we're in the kind of first second wave of it whereas if you are a seller that gets this six months down the line there's going to be a proven template that is that you're going to be able to yeah put in place um of you know and you're going to be able to navigate this when you're the first people it happens to you got a you got to be the crash test dummies, to be perfectly honest um yeah and 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 find out what what's going on so very quickly let me catch everyone up yeah it definitely is i feel like i'm getting like my my phd not only my p i feel i'm getting my professor or whatever the high the highest bloody level is um but yeah so what happened so first of all the first thing i want to kind of quash is um section three so what i'm seeing is a lot of language being used around section three and that is associated with what we're experiencing with the freezing of funds. So let me make this absolutely clear. Section three is basically what it says. It is a section, the third section, in Amazon Terms of Service, which state what would happen if you do anything at a certain level, anything naughty, and I'm using language like I've done something naughty, I haven't, or being accused of doing uh, uh, something in that section. And section three generally refers to, I don't know what the exact words, unlawful, illegal, uh, immoral, whatever it is, uh, whatever the wording is, it refers to that type of activity on your account. So thinking counterfeit, fraudulent, manipulation, of you know sales rank manipulation of re reviews anything that amazon deems as deceptive deceptive uh by the way on the podcast that's me doing the inverted commas deceptive you didn't see that so and i say that because obviously we haven't done anything deceptive so um but that's what section three refers to and a deactivation generally linked to that so if you hear someone talking about section three, it's a general term. Okay. That's how it should be referred to and not relating to one thing. Section three can cover any type of deactivation or any type of punishment 
related to that deceptive, fraudulent, whatever activity. So I don't want you to think if you get a Section 3 deactivation, it's because of what we're going through, and it's the same. It's not. It could be vastly different, okay? So please, if you are someone that is talking about it in groups, it's confusing to talk about it as a Section 3, as a general term. It's not a general term. Um, sorry, it is a general term. It shouldn't be used as a specific term. So that's the first thing I wanted to say. The second thing is what we've experienced. So we got a section three on our US account only. So I'll pick up on that. It's happening in the US only at this moment in time. I've seen people talking about, okay, let's prepare because whatever happens in the US is going to come over here. I don't believe in this instance that is true as a, as, as a rule of thumb. But I don't believe that this is this specific one. So the one I'm experiencing specifically, because um, from further kind of digging, the general, we can never be sure, but the general consensus looks like this has come as a result of a legal case against Amazon that what that is going through at the moment. Now, I've always said Amazon shoot first, don't even ask any questions later and don't even check up if you're all right. So that, you know, that's how they deal with things. So to me, what it looks like, we don't know what the trigger is. At first, I thought we had an outstanding counterfeit claim. But actually, I've talked to a really wide variety of people now. Um, I thought, is it because we're a UK seller? Is it because we are a, is it because we got counterfeit claim? Is it because of, you know, I do bundles, is it, you know, and I've been through all of these things and I've discounted them all. So at the moment, we still don't know what's triggered it. So if it is connected to this kind of court case, to me, what it looks like is it's Amazon covering its bases. So what they're doing is part of it, you get a an email to say that you are suspected of engaging in counterfeit activity so you have sold counterfeit products but normally with a with a standard section three counterfeit you are accused of selling a counterfeit product like one product that's what you're accused of in this one uh some people are uh, they're not accused being specifically of a counterfeit and the language is different so it's saying potential uh you know activity has been identified. So therefore, we need to prove that you're not okay doing that. And then you get a list of ASINs, which you have to pr provide a ridiculous amount of information for, to prove that, that that is not the case. Now, some people, which some people are getting ASINs and some people are getting brands. Again, there's a slight variation there. With us, um, we received it over 18 ASINs. OK, whereas some people have had it on one ASIN. Now, if you've seen the list of information, it is extensive what you have to supply per yeah. ASIN. <laughs> they are essentially looking to cover the supply chain, OK, to to track from purchase all the way up to sale and delivery to consumer. That's the whole process that they're looking to cover. And I think what they're doing is they, this is the only, this is my conclusion at the moment of speaking to several people, discounting certain triggers and things like that. 
I think what they're doing is they're going through a court case and they're targeting uh, a random sampling of people. Uh, well, I say ram uh, random. I think there must be something in the back end that's triggered it. There's got to be. I don't believe that they've picked on just me um, out of a random amount of people. There's got to be something that's triggered it, but we still don't know what that is. And they've said, look, we have asked this person to provide this amount of uh, information. They have done so. So we have allowed them to continue selling. This person has not provided this information. So therefore, we have deactivated their account and stopped them selling. So I think this is an information gather from Amazon's point of view. Firstly, that's what I think it is. So that is very helpful. Thank you, Amazon for that uh, if that is the case thanks for uh, involving us in that wonderful so what the situation is so it's this you know threat of deactivation so our account is remained open we have not been deactivated which you would normally get on a section three counterfeit you would get straight deactivation so what they're saying is they're giving us 10 days to supply this information and two appeals if we do not submit within 10 days or we fail the two appeals, then we could be deactivated. So that's step one. Now, the first thing is uh, we didn't even see this email. It came through notifications on account health. So please, my next tip is making sure that you are always checking your account health performance notifications. So go into Seller Central, regardless of if you're in the UK or the US, because those Amazon account emails can be missed. They can go to the wrong place. So we've sorry to interrupt, we found a lot of them ended up in spam as well. Yeah. Uh, notification yeah. and product removal, thing like that. Found we always always check the spam every day as well, because we found genuine Amazon emails do end up in there. Yeah, so make sure you are going in. And the first wave of people that this happened to, I think the first wave went out on Halloween and then the second wave went out on like the 9th. So there's been two waves of this happening so far. We don't know if that's it or whether there'll be more. Um, and, but some people are only finding that they've been deactivated now. Uh, and this is where there's a bit of confusion. But because they didn't get the email and they didn't check their account health and they haven't submitted the information, so they've been deactivated. So that's one of the first issues. So now that person's got to go through the deactivation process. So the situation we're in at the moment is we also have, and at first I was annoyed, but actually I think it's turned out all right. The day after we got this, we got our account health assurance on Amazon in the U.S., which means that technically they should not deactivate our account if they can see that we are working to resolve the information, uh, sorry, re resolve the situation. So um, we may even, if we don't pass the appeal, may not be deactivated still because we have the account health assurance. But again, I've seen people that have been deactivated with the account health assurance um, but it may well be that their score has dropped below. They've lost the account health assurance, and that's why they've been deactivated. I'm not. I don't want to go into that in too much because it's a it's an American benefit, you know. In America, I know it's here in the UK, um, but most people are not uh, eligible for it yet because it's not been six months. You have to be six months over 250 score in order to get it. And the reason why we didn't have it before then is because we were deactivated six months previously. 
and it was it was almost six months to the day um where we we got this one through so that's the first part we have to supply um a very big list of information in order for us to essentially be reviewed and deemed and judged as to whether or not the products that we are selling could fall under the realm of counterfeit now the first thing everyone's talking about is this because one of the the documentation requests is letter of authority so i'll quickly go through what they are as well so you guys know so we have been asked to provide, as I said, for, for 18 ASINs, but not only that, we've been asked to supply proof of identity, that's easy enough, proof of business, that will be company formation documentation and something else, I think, but whatever you would normally do for proof of business. Uh, and then you have the 18 ASINs. And like I said, what they're looking for from what most people are gathering is that supply of uh, supply chain, you know, authenticity of supply chain. And what they want is purchase invoices, bank transactions, um, proof of delivery, import export, if that applies to you, proof of delivery to Amazon, proof of delivery to the customer, which of course that can be immediately discounted and you do not need to supply if you are uh, FBA, which we were, um, and bill of landing. Again, that's probably going to apply to mainly private label people. And then finally, um, invoices and a letter of authority from the brand. And I think for most arbitrage sellers, that's the, that's the thing that scared people the most because, you know, most arbitrage sellers do not have a letter of authority. So um, everyone's like, is this the end of arbitrage? Is it dead? Is it, you know, if they want letter of authority, no one's going to be able to supply that. Well, the good news is we have heard of people getting passed without letter of authority. So that answers that question, you know, straight away. But the advice seems to be moving forward which we have no issue with this because we only purchase from legitimate sources anyway, is if you are doing arbitrage and you are purchasing from P. Jones, independent trader who may or may not be able to prove if their products are authentic, you may want to steer clear from those type of suppliers moving forward. You have to, I believe now, if you are operating at wholesale level, part of your language and conversation with any suppliers moving forward should be, do you have a letter of authority to sell from this specific brand? And if you do, can I have a copy of it? Okay. And if they won't supply it to you, you may seriously want to consider whether or not you want to purchase from that supplier moving forward. Now, this is something that it will be part of education teaching forward. So you might get a bit of resistance for suppliers at the start, but be open and transparent with them and, and say for the reason is I cannot buy from you if I do not have this information because it is what my supplier is asking for. My my the way that I sell, that's what they need to see. So from that point of view, but it doesn't mean that you should stop retail or online arbitrage you just have to ensure that the places that you are purchasing from have the authority to sell that product yeah. so 
for instance, and I'm going to share the documents um, when we when we send them through. Um, so one of ours is like John Lewis, okay, that we'll be submitting. Um, now, I could ring up, and this is what I haven't done yet, so we don't know whether we need to. I could ring them up and ask them for um, proof that they could that they are able to sell this particular product. Now, John Lewis may or may not give that to me because they're a retailer. As part of their terms of service, they might say, oh, well, actually, you shouldn't be reselling our products. So, no, we're not going to give it to you, you know, stuff you kind of thing. But what we're providing the evidence of is that we are showing that John Lewis is a legitimate source. So Amazon haven't asked us to do this. So with every invoice, with every transaction, we have also attached the company details, the company contact details, the page and link of where the product was purchased. And then also if it says at, at any point in the website, whether or not they are authorized supplier, if they are great, we've added it. If we haven't, we don't. But it's just about proving that where we've purchased it from is a legitimate source. So it's not someone that's uncontactable. They cannot get hold of them. They cannot identify it's a legitimate source. Anyone, hopefully, from Account Health would be able to go onto John Lewis and see it's a legitimate source to be able to purchase from. So that's what we've done to cover anywhere we do not have that letter of authority. Now, um, it's a lot of hard work. Um, with 18 ASINs, we are into nearly 200 documents. This is this is how much we're talking about. Yes. This is why we have not panicked and we have not submitted them as yet. They will be going in today. Uh, but there is a, we're still waiting for a few final documentations from our, our carrier, which it has, it's probably got to the point now where I'm feeling slightly uncomfortable that we haven't submitted something. So I think that we will be submitting, if we don't receive those by the close of play today, we will be submitting the appeal as it is, uh, knowing full well that there are a few bits missing. But what I'm hoping is that with 18 ASINs, we get that one person that doesn't quite tick all the boxes, uh, that maybe looks at it and says, yeah, okay, they've, they've got enough and they provided enough information there. What we've also learned since is a few people getting through it have been supplying some extra tips, which um, we've just got to decide the rest of the day whether or not we add these in or whether or not we do it on the second appeal if they get rejected is just some further instructions on the documents saying, on the documents that we've created, not on the original documents, because that would be manipulation of documents. So say, for instance, that John Lewis one, We've already got like ASIN, supplier, things like that. But just adding an extra couple of lines like um, transaction is in this bank statement on this line, just making it absolutely clear that they know where to look. So further instruction. So we've just got to go ahead and decide whether or not we're going to do that, add that extra layering um, mm -hmm. at this stage or not. And that's it, uh, essentially. And then we've just got to submit them, wait and see what Amazon says. But of course, if they get rejected, we have a second appeal. Uh, if the second appeal gets rejected, then I don't know what's going to happen then because we have the account health assurance. Um, 
So will our account stay open or will it get de deactivated? Don't know at this stage. So that's a bit of the unknown, uh, essentially. So that's where we're at. Um, one thing I wanted to re-clarify that this is nothing to do with um, misbranded or generic. No connection to that whatsoever. Every ASIN is a really established ASIN. We've picked the GS1. Um, it is correctly assigned. There's no generic. There's no misbranded. Uh, there's no bundles. It's nothing to do with that whatsoever. This is an entirely different situation. Now, there are Section 3s going around related to generic and misbranded, but that is a different scenario. So please don't confuse the two. If you get a Section 3 for um, misbranded, uh, as some people have been doing, then that is resulting in an instant deactivation. Um, and that, again, is not about creating uh, the listings. It's uh, being on the listings um, that have already been created as well, which we've already established that as well. So I just don't want there to be any kind of difference and confusion between the two because they are two wholly separate uh, situations that require different uh, different actions, if that makes sense. Yeah. Ooh, sorry, I know I talked about that. That's a long one. <laughs> I know you like to talk. <laughs> yeah, another thing as well, just, just wanted to add in terms of the retailer side of it, um, especially John Lewis, before, so if you have a, a receipt that's a bit vague, you know, it doesn't say, I think John Lewis is actually one of the worst for this. It'll say like toy and it'll have like a product code. You go into the retailer that can create proper VAT invoices. However, you need to obviously not submit your receipts first because if you do and then you suddenly send this VAT invoice, that looks like it's either document manipulation. But a lot of the mainstream retailers, if you email the custom services or go into the stores, will generate proper you know, invoices for your goods with descriptions that, that match the description of the product and your, your addresses. Because that's one of the biggest problems not so much to section three, but generally speaking with IP claims for retail arbitrage, the reason they don't get accepted is not because the retail receipts, Amazon accepts retail receipts. It's that the description on the receipt does not match the ASIN title or does not resemble the ASIN title. If you've got a Tesco receipt that says toy 6234, that says nothing like the actual ASIN and therefore the, the, you know, the seller support staff in fairness to them, how can they, how can they say that that receipt is valid? So, mm -hmm. There is a misconception that people think that retail receipts are not accepted. It's not that they're not accepted. They just normally do not meet the criteria in the standard form and or they don't know. Like for example, standard retail receipt does not have your address on it. Therefore, you should always get a BAT invoice with, with your address on it, your company name and the supplier details on it uh, and the supplier name and then an accurate description, if you can, um, of the item. Yeah, absolutely. And they are very specific when they requested the invoices for this. The line that followed it was you have to have, you know, it has to be a detailed invoice or proof of purchase that shows the item that you are selling exactly. And also uh, one thing I've omitted, uh, not deliberately, is um, you have to check how many units you've sold. Some of these, uh, you know, we've sold hundreds of units. So we have to Again, it's another pain in the bum because we have to provide bank transactions that show all of those within the last 180 days. So um, and again, 
this is something I saw a mad panic of everybody going in and blurring the lines, deleting listings, doing this, doing that. Well, each one of these 18 listings bar one, I had not sold for three months and had been de deleted off the inventory. So even deleting the listing will not save you um, with this. Because at first I thought we've got so many because they've not been deleted. But then I've gone in and checked, they've been deleted off the system. So I don't understand. I can only assume it's our volume of sale, why we've got so many compared to other people. Um, so, yeah, people that sell even more than us. And if it happens to you, I don't know. But I've definitely seen we've got some of the highest level in terms. Uh, most people have got three or four. We got 18. So, yeah, it, that that was a big part of, you know, the frustration and everything to start with. Um, but, you know, do I still recommend selling in the U.S.? Yes, absolutely. Will we continue selling in the U.S.? Yes, absolutely. Um, but there's just a few things that we're going to change moving forward. So this is what I've learned so far. So if you are engaging in any type of retail, online, reselling, wholesale. So what I consider to be reselling other people's products at any level uh, moving forward you must be able to supply, if asked, moving forward, a detailed invoice. As Matt has quite rightly suggested, if you cannot provide an invoice or a receipt that has the full details of the product and the quantity bought, then you shouldn't be buying it. Okay. Um, you must also be able to prove that it is legitimate supplier so whether that's through a letter of authority that they have that they're happy to supply you so one that i've seen like nda toys something like that what they won't give you is a letter to say you are authorized to sell this but what they will give you is a letter that says they are authorized to sell it mm -hmm. and that is sufficient so don't panic if you can't get one that says you are authorized providing you can get one to say that they are authorized that's acceptable but even <clears throat> at that level as well <coughs> excuse me um you don't necessarily have to have that one um you know providing that you're supplying all the information to show that they are a legitimate source um and a genuine supplier for want of a better word then that should be sufficient. Um, Amazon pick holes in everything. That's the issue. You know, we know John Lewis, you know, is, is legitimate. It's as simple as that. But what you always have to expect. So, like, I'm really anal about the manipulation of invoices. Some people say you can annotate. Some people say you can't. I'm like, don't touch it at all for me. You know, don't do anything um from that point of view i've seen people get suspended over that and you know heavily um things change they might not suspend now but obviously i've seen it in the past so that's why i stay away from it so what i will say is you know always be prepared for amazon to contact the supplier and they do do it people like amazon don't ring up john lewis and ask them about this, or they don't ring up Harrison's and ask them if the, the invoice is, you know, legit. They do. They, they actually do. do. Yeah, they do. 100%. One of my suppliers has had a few phone calls from Amazon. They do yeah. verify invoices. Yeah. Yeah. So don't, 
think that you can pull the wool over their eyes. They won't. And what they will say is, and then I've had people say, yeah, but they can't ask for my information. That's personal. No, but what they can do is they can ask for a sampling of their most up-to-date invoice and they can look at the format and how they'll ask for like a, an example one. So Amazon have dozens and dozens of templates in their system of how invoices look, how receipts should look. And if yours doesn't match because you've wiped something out or you've done this or you've done that. See, for me, it even says on the thing you can omit the pricing information you can wipe that out i don't even take that out i leave it in there um amazon can see how much i've got in my bank account i don't care you know um i'm i i i don't want to remove that information uh essentially i i leave every bit of information on there um entirely so you have to be able to um you know confirm it from that point of view so nor's put a really good point there so another thing you can do is reach out to the brand and ask them if xyz is a verified retailer and they will often assume that you are a customer concerned about buying genuine goods and respond to those emails so that's a brilliant that's a brilliant tip so you know get in contact with the brand and manufacturer is john lewis an authorized supplier i think it was like a barber product or something like that is john lewis an authorized supplier of this okay and like you said they're more con if it's from a customer level they're definitely going to be more concerned and that is proof of you know a letter i, I wouldn't say it's it's a letter of authority it's not but it is proof of legitimate supply yeah yeah that, that's yeah that's what you need anything that helps your case isn't it Anything that quells the doubt. Yeah. And that's again, again, I think you've got to consider as well, particularly with the retailer side, is that John Lewis, everybody in the UK knows John Lewis, but if you've got a support person, wherever they may be in the world, working for Amazon, they may never have heard of John Lewis. So yeah. they're assessing, they are assessing what they see in front of them. We on this group all go, well, of course, John Lewis is legitimate. You know, we've all been there. But somebody in, in Pakistan, for example, who may be working for Amazon as a, as a remote worker, has never heard of John Lewis and has no idea who they are. So you've yeah, got to and that as well. it is likely an outsourced uh, offshore member of staff is going to be assessing your case. So you have to assume they know nothing. I mean, turns out they don't know anything, but that's a different story. But yeah, you have to assume that they don't know anything. So it's, you know, it's a big, bum pain at the end of the day and yes do i wish we were not going through it right in the middle of q4 before things are about to ramp up yeah of course i do but at the end of the day it's it's something it happens um we may worst case scenario we're going to permanently lose the ability to sell this model um in the us you know that's the worst case example i have to accept that worst case example we're going to to lose the money that will that has been accrued and the stock value in the account so let me just get onto that part so my post from a couple of days ago i made it clear that one of the things whilst we're still allowed to sell if that still continues great no issue is because this is the other thing I wanted to talk about today as well, is I think a lot of people have been really surprised by the storage fees um, yeah. this quarter 
Now, we know that storage fees generally go up by a third in the uh, last quarter of the year. And we're expecting that. But I've seen like five times what we normally see in storage fees. So they ain't gone up a third. They've gone up a lot more. So we had around, I think, on this account, uh, maybe like $800 or something in storage fees last month. Well, now, given this information where even more stock has gone in, um, we decided that what we would do is I don't want to be in a position where I, ca I can sell, but I don't sell and Amazon are charging me for the privilege. So the first decision we made was rightly or wrongly that um, we were going to have a far more aggressive approach to selling our products than we do normally. Because first of all, I don't want to be stuck with Q4 levels of stock at those storage fee prices. I don't. And, you know, because I do think genuinely, if you had a gun to my head, I do think that this will be resolved in about 30 days. That's that's what I think. Worst case scenario, 60 days. OK, but say, for instance, I just and we're allowed to sell during that period of time. Well, if we get deactivated, then I still get charged storage fees. Again, people don't realize that you still get charged storage fees, even though Amazon have deactivated you. It's not your fault, but you still get charged because you're not selling. So what I didn't want to be in a position is if we did get deactivated, that we would have so much stock there that we got hefty storage fees that would just get straight away taken out of the balance. Um, and there's a significant balance in there at the moment. Um you have no chance to fight it, no no chance, whatever. So from that point of view, yes, um, that was the first consideration. But the second big consideration as to why we would go more aggressively on selling as opposed to, you know, holding on to the stock is, as I said in my post, Amazon, uh, sorry, in a counterfeit claim, uh, Amazon can destroy stock, okay? Now, they should only destroy stock of affected ASINs, which we don't actually have many in stock of that anyway. But if anyone's willing to take that chance with Amazon, I've seen, I've had stock accidentally destroyed over the years. Uh, no apology, no nothing. Sorry, it happens kind of thing. Whereas anyone wants to take that chance, good luck to them because I'm not willing to. And at the same time, I do think it's resolvable. So I also don't want to be in a position where I start removing stock. Mm -hmm. And my stock is not local. It's in the US. And that's hard to remove it when it's in a different country. So that's a consideration about selling in a different We always talk about the pros of selling uh, in, in um, other countries. But one of the, the cons that you have to take on is removing stock in another country is hard. And you're going to have to pay from storage from somewhere. So um, it's a lot easier to have the stock removed back to you from a UK fulfillment centre. Of course it is. So taking all of that into account, we decided it's better to sell through the stock at a much lower margin than we would probably normally do. So, you know, all I'm saying is if you're any of our listings, don't follow us down uh, because... <laughs> We are tanking, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we are tanking like crazy. So if you see us coming, don't follow us down. Um, we are getting rid of stock. It's a fire sale. So we will be selling stock at loss. We will be selling stock at break even because when all is said and done, 
I would rather be left with a huge amount of money in Amazon and the account get deactivated, believe it or not, than stock. Because stock is, you know, you've got expiring products, you've got um, the, you're going to get charged for them to hold it. And Amazon don't charge you for holding their cash. You know, so it's better to have a higher level of cash in the account um, yeah. than is, um, you know, the stock, <laughs> essentially, which is awful. You know, when you have to think about it from that point of view, because we run a very high margin model uh, in this particular selling model. So it is annoying um, the fact that we're having to sell off stock at a much lower margin. But at the end of the day, it's, you know, that particular model for us and, and that particular income stream. It, normally, I would say it's thriving. It's in a state of surviving at the moment. Yeah. But again, this is this is where we come back to what we say about those 12 months in a year. Um, I had a shocking Q4 last year through not through a suspension, but through two raw mail strikes. Um, we had shipments, we had 30, 40,000 euros worth of stuff that was destined for the EU, ended up in UK fulfillment centers. And then Amazon, um, the, well, it didn't get to Germany. Amazon didn't know where it was. They told us um, it had been lost. But because it had gone through Amazon, ATS, not through partnered carrier. They said that it wasn't their responsibility and that we needed to contact our carrier. And we were telling them that you're the carrier. Anyway, we were round around in circles for ages. Eventually the stock turned up in January and we got it back. But you know, things happen. And I think it, it's not wise to hedge all of your profitability on one period because no. it's a very competitive period, Q4 anyway. Yes, most people will see extraordinary sales. But it's also very competitive. A lot of the big retailers are very, very heavy on price. And Amazon is also very aggressive on price in the, these these months. Um, and I just think that, you know, there's 12 months in a year. And I really think, you know, if you have a bad Q4, we've still got time to make that up. And actively, you know, I would, I would suggest that you should try and make more profit in other months because you're probably not going to have as many issues. Um, you're not going to have as many IP claims in the middle of summer as you are in Q4. That's just the fact. That's the way it's always been. That's the way it will always be. Every brand wants to protect its customers at Christmas because it's so important for the brand. You know, people are buying stuff um, who may never have bought that brand before. Say you're buying, I don't know, Razor headset for, you, for your grandkids. Uh, they've never heard of that brand before. But if they have a negative experience with that brand, then they won't buy it again. So the brands understand why it's so important and that's why they get so aggressive ever protecting their intellectual property october onwards so i just think if you are having a bad time of it just remember there's 12 months in a year not just q4 yeah absolutely and it is you know it, it's one of those situations you look at and you think why me why me why this time but you know even as someone that's going through it so hopefully you will take this as gospel i know it's not personal it's not personal yes. It is what it is. It's happened at this time. There's nothing I can do about it. And all I can do is focus. And I was talking about this to someone earlier, actually. There's uh, uh, this busy period of time is normally like really busy. And I'm probably not concentrating as much as content on, you know, my other, you know, areas like uh, content delivery and things like that at the moment. I actually yesterday all day wrote content, wrote training all day. And I was loving it. I was loving it. I haven't had a full day of content writing. I just needed to focus on something 
get into you know what I was enjoying doing and um uh, just enjoyed it all day doing it and it's given me the opportunity um to to really put uh a lot of effort into what I'm creating from a content point of view at the moment. So, you know, if it gives me the opportunity for that, I can only be grateful for that. And yeah, I was just, uh, I'd kind of forgotten a bit how much I enjoy doing that. And it, yeah, it gave me the opportunity to see that yesterday and literally wrote, a, you know, a full module for a new bit of learning that's going to be coming out uh, in the hive. And yeah, just, I was so focused on it. I was I was doing it from, you know, quite clarity. But at the same time, there was a few things that came up in it um, where, <coughs> you know, about building bundles and, and everything like that. But as I'm doing it and as I'm writing it, um, it also is telling me that it's just, sorry, re-emphasizing, reinforcing, sorry, is the right word, what a great model bundle is. And how much more protective, uh, protected it is, you know, and everything that we teach, um, you know, particularly on the side of what I teach, obviously, in the hive, how much more protected it is. And I won't go into all the different reasons why it's so much more protected. And then that compounding effect of, like I said, I've made a couple of posts in the group where people have contacted me and we see all this moaning and groaning about selling your products under your own brands and bundles and this and that. And we know what we're teaching is as terms of service. We know it's right with what everyone's teaching. And we know that that is. And do you know what? I'm not getting any of my bundle guys with these issues whatsoever. We've even had Amazon turn around and say to us, uh, literally when they've been presented with one of our examples of a listing, this is done correctly. This yeah. is what they need. You know, so knowing that as I'm writing the training, going through this scenario and situation at the moment, Again, that another compounding effect why I can't quit, uh, essentially, because we do lead the way. This is a different type of model, different type of selling, um, which is not impacted by bundles in anything. I think the biggest thing that I was annoyed about more than anything else is we just launched uh, a few new bundles and they were doing phenomenally well. But obviously, I can't restock them. So it's going to lose the kind of launch uh, juice, essentially, that we have when, when we launch new bundles. Um, but, yeah, the ASINs related are nothing to do with bundles or bundling or or anything like that whatsoever. So I am grateful and have to look at it that way. Otherwise, I would just be crying in the corner if I didn't. <laughs> exactly. That's it. That's just what you've got to do. Uh, get your head down and um, focus on something else. It is. When life gives you lemons, you got to make lemonade. It's as simple as that. And, you know, it is a cheesy, it is a cheesy, but I'm just throwing myself into creating content and, you know, doing as much as I can to help the Amazon community, which we all go through fits and starts, you know, fits and starts of, you know, how much you can give to certain different parts of your business. And this was a period of time I expected that was going to be dedicated more to the selling side of it. That has, obviously it turns out that's not the case. So I can, you know, concentrate on the other areas. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hi, Daniel. Uh, any news? Uh, I, I hope Daniel doesn't mind me saying yeah. he's going yeah, through right. the same. Updates, yeah. 
yeah so uh if there's any updates let us know but please make sure if you're going through this don't suffer in silence please post it in the group there's an anonymous function now even if you don't want people yes. to know what you're going through you know take advantage of that we are always always here uh, to help as much as possible. And the more that we go through it, um, you know, I know it doesn't feel like it, particularly for myself and uh, Daniel at the moment is, you know, when we are the other side of it, we will be able to help other people that go through it um, out the time <laughs> running out of tissues. <laughs> exactly. I've, I've had to buy my waterproof mascara uh, a lot sooner than I would normally have to. I've got to replenish it uh, going through it. Look, it is going to get resolved um you know it's one of those things we still haven't even submitted our first uh, wave of information yet so um you know if we're that confident about it you know don't worry you guys everyone has been affected um will be fine it's just it's not ideal uh it's squeaky bum time but yeah i was talking about this earlier um I, we haven't tried because we had a very strong pipeline of stock going in. We had about 20 shipments uh, open at the time, which are obviously still receiving and being delivered now. So um, we've not attempted to. Because of the capital invested that we have got in, um, we won't be shipping in new stock. I don't know if we can or not. I was able to disperse, but then it got cancelled and sent back. Uh, I thought, yay. <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> no, <it laughs> where this did you come? You were dispersed, and they send an email saying, Oh, this person has been cancelled, you know. Oh, yeah, we got cancelled, definitely. A little bit, I hope you had. <laughs> yeah, so what I would say is just try and concentrate on something else. You know, this is why it's so important to have you know multi layers to your business. So, you know, we've probably got five grand's worth of stock sat at the ho uh, hotel, sat at the warehouse that was due to go in, which obviously we've stopped um, at the prep center, you know, all that kind of thing, but we'll just have to divert it to a UK account uh, instead. So, you know, it, it's one of those things. Yeah. Be grateful for the bundles guys. It's, um, it's definitely, it's, it's probably close to knowing if you're doing it correctly, and there's a big difference between doing it correctly, been a massive change on bundles lately. Um, if you are in bundles, if you are a bundle warrior or whatever, then um, it's probably the safest place to be in Amazon right now, as it stands. So um, that's my opinion. Nice. Good job. <laughs> Good work. Well done to everybody in the hive then. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and again, Hive as well, we're doing a new um, new topic next week, starting on eBay and diversifying onto eBay. Um, so I don't know if you've commented about that, because um, one of the things that I'm going to be teaching is using MCF, more channel fulfillment. Um, yes, in terms, someone said to me, in terms of diversification, you know, is this actually a secure way of doing it? And the answer is possibly not. But we've all got to start somewhere. And I imagine most people, if you're purely FBA, there's no way you're going to be able to suddenly switch to doing your own fulfillment on eBay. So it's a great way to, to spread your risk um, and start the platform. And then, then you can assess once you've got the platform up and running, what, what you can do with it. But if you don't start the platform, you don't have the platform. 
you know, and I understand for a lot of people, the, the fulfillment side of it is the biggest barrier to, to doing eBay. So hopefully we'll be focusing a lot on how to overcome that. Um, and again, even with the MCF, if you do get suspended, as long as it isn't counterfeit claim, you're normally able to still send MCF orders anyway. So, you know, it's a, a great way to de-risk your business and also expand your business. It's not just about de-risking it. You'll get extra sales on, on, um, on different products. Yeah, definitely. Very cool. Looking forward to that one. Uh, Daniel's just asked why we haven't submitted the documents yet. I was going to make a joke about being hard and, uh, you know, but no, <laughs> not the time to be joking, Natalie. Um, just the sheer amount of information. We're still waiting on some documentation that we haven't got. So um, I said a bit earlier that if we do not have that documentation by the end of today, then um, we will submit as we have, knowing that we're missing uh, a few um, export information and a couple of other things. And yeah, um, I found out so much more about what should maybe be going in um, as well. So we just got to make a choice whether we do that now, or wait for the second one. So, I mean, there's so much, we're at nearly 200 documents. That's how much we have to submit. But the other thing is, is, I've got to be honest, the other thing, are we submitting too much? I've been told you shouldn't oversubmit either. But what they've asked for is what we are submitting. So, yeah. you know, we don't know that as yet. So we do have the the luxury, I, sh I say, of the account health assurance. So... We're potentially not fighting um, deactivation, but I don't know in this scenario if deactivation overrides the account health assurance. I don't know. That's part of the unknown. We could still get deactivated. But if we get deactivated, then it just it gets handed to a lawyer at that stage then, you know, for them yeah. to sort out. Um, so that's a different problem, different different day, different problem. Uh, essentially so we want to try and get through and we want to get as many of those 18 chalked off as we can yeah makes sense oh yeah someone says one thing i can recommend is using keywords when naming files mm -hmm. yeah call all your file i uh, we used to whenever you have this um uh, an issue you always name your files the either the asin or the title or something we used to do yeah, each file, yeah, each file has the um, ASIN. And yeah. then each file has like a covering letter that has instructions on each one of them. So, yes. It's, Don't uh, use it. Even, the thing is, as well, even obviously you, you want to get your account back, but the amount of time must be taken to put this appeal together it must be astronomical. Oh, absolutely. I would say the working hours that have gone into this appeal so far probably extend to about 20 hours wow. of work that have gone into it. And I would consider us to be quite good record keepers anyway. You know, so um, but it's not that we've triple checked the information um, as well. Well, I say me. It wasn't me. It was Matt. <laughs> you just wouldn't put me in charge of this task. At all. <laughs> So I'm I'm the second pair of eyes. So and we've got uh, you know we've got our VA uh, administration VA that's helping as well through this. But one thing we haven't doing uh, you know with Nor's advice, I'm going to go ahead and get the VA to request that information as well. So that's a great tip. Something I didn't think of myself. 
uh, in the second wave, we were going to contact the supplier and ask for their letter of authority. But actually asking it from that point of view, I think hopefully that should be sufficient. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm sorry it's not been a little bit more lighthearted today, yeah. guys. Has but, been a lot. When, too... when Black Friday comes, everybody will be like, green, green, arrows in the green. Everyone's going to be loving life. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, Andre says, hope you get your account back. Really appreciate that. And, you know, I know we will. It's just going to, you know, the account's there. It's still selling. Sales are great. Uh, margins are great. You know, everything's great. Uh, apart from you were just not going to uh, see that, that that money probably anytime soon. I estimate I think that this is going to, um, you know, we've been selling for some time in this model. We had a lot of stock in the pipeline. We have lots of shipments in, in the pipeline. So I think this full process, I think on average, you're looking at 30 to 60 days before resolution for something like this. And that's potentially, uh, I don't know. I don't, what I don't know actually at this stage is, would it be better to touch wood? I'm not going to say that. Would it be better to get deactivated? Because then you can pass it over to a lawyer. The lawyers are not dealing with it at this stage because they're saying there's nothing more we can add. You know, so it's, um, yeah. Uh, with certain circumstances, potentially like ours, where it's quite complex with so much documentation, would it be better if it went to a lawyer scenario? I don't know. I honestly don't know the answer to that. Yeah. I think try try first of all for the appeal process because sometimes all they surprise you. We, we had a counterfeit claim and we sent the paperwork and within 20 minutes it was knocked off. You know, sometimes they can surprise you. Not, yeah, what's you know, interesting? It's not always, it's not always a negative experience because that's the thing. People who have a lot of problems obviously post that they're having lots of problems, but people who have this and then submit the paperwork and get restricted in sort of like a day don't really mention it because it's not a big thing, is it? That's exactly right, and thank you for bringing that up because that's one of the things that I wanted to point out. As far as we're aware, hundreds, possibly even thousands of sellers have been impacted by this, but of course we're hearing consistently about the ones that are not getting through um you know because it's like you're seven times more likely to tell someone about a bad experience than you are a good experience plenty of people are getting through it but they're probably not the people that are shouting and screaming i've seen on twitter in particular which i never go on matt's a twitter user um you know he said that there's people you know, that are doing it and they're selling the templates on how to get through. And I wouldn't trust that, by the way, if anyone sees that run, um, you know, or they're only for sort of closed masterminds. What I will say is if we get through this, um, you know, I will detail this full process for free. It won't be behind a paywall or anything like that whatsoever. Once we get through it, I will either do it in a video a video or PDF or something or, or whatever, where I will detail that there are certain things, you know, that are behind paywalls and, and certain things. And I, I believe this is information that should be for all. So if we do get through it, then it will be fully documented and detailed for everyone's use. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. I think for many people. Yeah. And I think just talk, openly talking about it as well, 
you know, already we've discovered so much uh, that we didn't know from five days ago. And in fact, you know, that's the only thing I think, oh, why were we in the first wave? Because like I said, six months down the line, there will probably be, you know, there'll be a proven template for this, Yeah. you know, to to get through and, and get it repeated. But like I said, if you are selling in the US, I don't think anyone in the UK needs to fear it at the moment. They might bring the bro the process of more stringent checks on suppliers, but I don't think this specific issue um, will be too much. But like I said, just those tips we spoke about with making sure that you do have that information and only buying from legitimate sources, um, you know, make sure if, if there's a question in your mind, you've just got to assume now that Amazon will check every ASIN. And if you cannot prove legitimacy of that product, just don't buy it. It's as simple yeah. as that. If you know that Asda only do a receipt where they do not detail the information, don't buy it. Or, or sell it on a different marketplace. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, so yeah. And why you should give me a bank account sale. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, um, okay, yeah, we've had a few people sort of saying uh, had to give up eBay, so that will be, I think it was Andre, so that will be good to be able to look from, starting from the merchant fulfill, multi-channel fulfillment point of view. Yeah, I think it's the way to go, certainly from starting off with, um, and then obviously when you get in the platform to be making profit, then, then you can assess how you want to do it. The hard part is starting. And if we can make the starting easier, then we can make the whole process easier. Yeah. But like I said, you know, if we don't get our account back, it, you know, there is that possibility. And, you know, if we don't get the account back and we lose six figures and we do this and we do that, you know, oh, I'm going to tell people about it. I'm going to be transparent about it at the end of the day because, but it doesn't, I don't believe it stops my ability of teaching other people how to sell on Amazon because we still sell on Amazon anyway as well. And we will still continue to in different aspects. But it's just, you know, I see it more as a victim of circumstance, unfortunately, through to a change in Amazon uh, policy. But I don't I know I've just said it. I'm just going to contradict myself, but I don't believe we won't not get the account back. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah this, this is well, this is the great point. The problem with the reason we all have to go through this is because of people who just don't follow the rules. They create fake invoices to go on gated on brands, they sell counterfeit products. You know, it, it really, if you do see anybody in the community who is blatantly breaking the rules, call them out on it, you know, because it really does my head in when I see people saying, Can anybody make me an invoice for this? No, follow the effing rules because this is why we all have to go through this because there's one percent of the sellers who just don't care and want to make a quick book and don't care about buying legitimate products building a business building a brand they just want to make a few quid and they don't care about the consequences and it's because of them that we all have to suffer so if you do see anybody please call them out on it yeah, absolutely. Daniel's right. The situation has brought communities together. I've received a ton of support, met a lot of new people in the process. However this goes, it's nice to see how many people are willing to help you. You don't see this in any other business model. Absolutely. Yeah. It's why Amazon communities are so important, you know, because you are a solopreneur, uh, genuinely. Um, and, you know, imagine imagine people that are going through this that are not part of a Facebook group. Yeah. Or, 
a Discord yeah. or or anything like that whatsoever. Imagine those people that don't know about these type of communities that are just literally suffering in silence. So um, I'm so grateful for that as well. And I knew it through my last, well, I say my last suspension. This isn't a suspension or deactivation as yet. So, um, you know, it's, 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 um, yeah, there there will be people that will spin this in a way that would be like, we shouldn't do this, or or look, that's, this person's been deactivated because of this reason. Well, actually, it can affect anyone at any time, unfortunately, and that's the reality of it. But that is, you know, I knew that full well. I know that. Um, and that's part of the reason why I'm kind of not cool with it, but I'm okay because it's a gamble sometimes that you take and it doesn't pay off, unfortunately. And, yeah. you know, you have to learn from it and you have to just move on. You have to keep calm and carry on. At that moment, when I thought about quitting, I thought, what am I going to do? So what am I going to do? What else could I do? Yeah. You know? And I would, yeah, I just, and I would find other things. Of course I would. You know, I, I haven't got that type of personality. Um, but, yeah, I just, it, it took me on a path of like, well, what else would I do? No, I much prefer doing this. <laughs> Get a real job, yeah. That's people keep selling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, tempted to ship stock with a suspended account worth the gamble. I wouldn't. That's a that's a that's a firm no for me on that, but that's my opinion. Uh, I and I, with respect, Daniel, I've got the account health assurance, so um, from that point of view, I wouldn't really um, take that gamble because your stock will get stranded um, in you know the US also and as well um we try I take the risk here I take the risk here in the UK I think I would yeah, but yeah. not in a different country no and also as well um it, with Amazon it may look like you can create a shipment but then yes it certainly can fail at certain points because we had it with a refrigerated product where it let us we already had it in our inventory and it was active we tried to ship it in today and as soon as we got to the actually putting the product on the shipment it said uh, error you are you're blocked so it may look like you can do it, but you might not actually be able to do it. Or like you say, worst case, you send it all and it's all stranded. Yeah. Uh, Chris says, don't tend to associate with those some, those sort of sketching <laughs> Definitely, definitely. But yeah, it's going to be a poor me situation for a while. So, you know, it it is what it is. But, you know, uh, like I said, I wanted to have a live that we focus specifically on that, you know, yeah. scenario. I hope, Please let me know if not what I intended from this live, as we, which is what we always intend is education, um, hopefully to quell down uh, project fear, um, you know, firsthand. Sometimes we talk about things secondhand. You know, we don't have that firsthand experience. I can categorically say I'm speaking with firsthand experience on this. So hopefully um you know if it offers a bit of reassurance if it offers you know uh, whatever i i tend to always look at things quite pragmatically and um there's no point losing your shiz over it it's uh it is what it is you can't change it you have to operate in a, a pragmatic way yeah for sure for sure mm -hmm. 
Right. Well, we will see you next week, hopefully uh, in happier times. Yes, uh, hopefully. Be... Friday should be ramping up next week. So, yeah, hopefully. Yeah. We'll Black, yeah. Definitely Black Friday week uh, will be kicking off. So super excited about that. Um, and like I said, if <laughs> if we're still able to sell uh, in that period of time, but everybody should start seeing that kind of little bit of an uplift uh, in their sales now. We haven't spoken much about that, but let's focus more on that next week. Keep posting in the group uh, in the week as usual. Um, but yeah, we are coming into, uh, Amazon should be coming into its own over the last, um, you know, uh, over the next week. So let the good times roll for many, except me. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be sorted soon, I'm sure. Yeah, we will. I've got no doubt about it. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed. that People waiting for next week. It makes sense, doesn't it? Who's going to buy something if it's going to be on sale next week? You know, yeah, just, exactly. we are going to see the quiet at times, but it should next week, Black Friday week, should be big. Unless your son's birthday is the day of yeah. Black Friday. So therefore you end up paying through the nose for everything. <laughs> Got it. Right, guys, uh, take care, everyone. And we'll see you next week. Have a good week. See you soon. Bye. Bye.